The Sex and Spirituality Podcast is a show where we have real deep conversations about everything from dating, sexuality, mental health, metaphysics, and all things woo-woo. I am your host, Lauren Coletti, a feminist poet and yoga instructor pursuing my doctorate in forensic psychology. As a domestic violence and sexual abuse survivor, I hope these vulnerable conversations will inspire you to take an introspective look at yourself to help you better your life and the people around you. I have to take this time to just get something off my chest before we go into today's episode. So if you'd like to skip ahead to emotional and psychological invalidation, I would say skip ahead anywhere between 10 and 15 minutes. I will try to keep this brief. Maybe we'll keep it five minutes. Who knows? I don't know where my talking gets me. It always leads me down these different roads that I never know which path to take. So I digress per usual. I'm coming to you with a very heavy heart today because I am nervous for the future of my relationship with my boyfriend. And I don't want to air out all of our personal private business for the sake of respecting his privacy. So I'm not even going to use his name. I am an open book. I will wear my heart on my sleeve and tell the entire world my business because I'm not a private person. However, I understand that everyone is different and I want to respect his boundaries, whatever that might be. So we got into a pretty intense, emotionally charged discussion yesterday on our future together. And it's on the table if we should continue the relationship or not. And I, as many of you know, tend to dissociate. And a lot of things that he was saying to me last night were true. But at the same time, I felt entirely numb the entire discussion. It's very hard for me to connect with my body because of my past. I leave my body. I can stonewall. I can just completely disconnect from myself entirely. And I think that's been a defense protective mechanism for a long time. And I've realized how much I let my past dictate my present and my future and the severity of my fear of intimacy, of attachment, of loving and being loved. And I don't want to let that dictate my decisions. I don't want to let that determine my ability to be happy because deep down I fear that I don't have the capability of ever living a life I'm proud of. And for me, success has only looked one way and it seemed so far, far out of reach, out of my grasp. And I know this is all self-inflicted. I know my weaknesses. I know my shortcomings. I know I am not the most courageous and brave person because of these walls that I've put up because of this way that I've stayed unavailable emotionally. And he just won't have it. He 
stated and made it very clear that he is looking for someone to be his life partner who is available and who will put the relationship first. And honestly, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But at the same time, I don't think I'll ever really be ready. And I want to make the right choice, not just by me, but by him, because I do care about him. I do love him. And I love him differently than I've loved in the past. And I think I don't want to allow myself to feel that because I have never had a healthy love before. And part of me just wants to implode and partake in the self-fulfilling prophecy of nothing ever works out for me because it's so much easier and more comfortable. And I don't know where I am along my healing journey. I know for me, my healing process has been slow and it's been long. And I just can't flip off a switch like some people. I know some people wake up and say, today's the day I'm going to move on. Well, guess what? I've been saying that 365 days for the last several years. And I've been doing everything in my power, physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, And it just takes longer for some people than it does others. And that's okay. And I have to decide what I want to do because school is very important to me, my education, my career, my dreams, my goals I've had for myself since I was in middle school are very important to me. And for so long, I've put relationships and people before myself that once I became 25, 26, I said, you know what? I will never do that again. I am putting myself and my future before anyone else. And I don't know if that was the right mindset to have. I wish I could have it both ways, but apparently... That's not a opportunity at this time. So I need to get clear on what I want to do. I need to get more clarity on how I want to live. And I've never given much thought to my future in relationship because I didn't even think I would make it to 27 years old. I never pictured myself flourishing in a relationship before, and I don't know what that healthy attachment looks like. I don't know how it's supposed to feel. It's all very new and confusing for me, and a lot of my mentality is still in that learned helplessness, traumatized victim state, and I don't want it to be. I know it's not serving me, but... It kind of feels like a disease and I can't just wish it away and go to bed and one day wake up and it's gone. I really wish I could. And I felt a little upset because when it comes to mental illness and mental health problems, such as trauma, people think it's a willpower or it's a decision. And part of it is a decision, right? Our mindset is always a choice. However, if someone had cancer, someone wouldn't say to them, 
just decide to be happy. Just decide you don't have cancer anymore. And I think a lot of this goes to the stigma and stereotype of mental illness and mental health that it's a weakness, it's a personal decision, and it's a matter of willpower and just wanting it. So I have a lot of conflicting emotions and I don't want to hurt someone who is very close to my heart and I have to figure this out. So I just wanted to get that off of my chest. I don't even know what to do next. I just think I need space and I need time. And I don't think this is a choice that I can easily make within 24 hours or even a week or a month. (laughs) This is 27 years of conditioning that I'm trying to undo and unlearn. And I'm trying to be better and I want to be better for this person. But sometimes I just don't feel strong enough. And I don't know if anyone has any feedback or reflection I would love to hear from you. I'm going to try to be less active on social media, but you can still find everything in the show notes. I'd love to hear your perspective. I'm open to different points of view because I need support right now. And I'm also asking my spirit guides for inner wisdom and guidance and wisdom And I'm trying to tune into what I want and not what I think the world wants for me and the expectations and pressure that I put on myself. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode, shall we? So let's talk about emotional and psychological invalidation, kind of two sides of the same coin. So what is invalidation or validation. Well, validation is the acceptance of a person's thoughts, their feelings, and their emotions. And invalidation then is just the opposite. When a person's thoughts or feelings, emotions, behaviors are rejected, judged, and ignored. And we've all done this. No one is prone from this, right? Emotional invalidation from yourself or from others can often lead to feelings of worthlessness and self-isolation, and these feelings can then impact your day-to-day life at work, at home, and especially in our personal relationships. In some cases, emotional invalidation can lead to other negative emotions and even mental health conditions, but it doesn't have to, and understanding invalidation how you do it, how it's been done to you, and knowing how to recognize it can help you learn to better deal with it when or if it ever arises. So emotional invalidation is the act of dismissing or rejecting someone's thoughts, their feelings, or their behaviors. It says to someone your feelings aren't valid, your feelings don't matter, this is wrong, you are wrong. And this invalidation can make us feel unimportant ashamed or irrational, and it can take many forms and happen at any time. And some people use it intentionally or unintentionally, but some people, if they're manipulative, 
use it as a tool to make you question your feelings. And they say something like, I'm sure it really wasn't that bad. You're being too sensitive. I get this all the time. And others might do it without knowing or realizing they're doing by trying to cheer you up in a stressful situation. Hashtag toxic positivity. (laughs) This might sound like it could be worse or everything happens for a reason. And though this type of emotional invalidation is done by accident with well-meaning intentions, it doesn't make it hurt any less. Emotional invalidation doesn't have to just be verbal either. It could involve nonverbal actions like rolling your eyes, ignoring the person or playing on your phone while someone is talking. And no matter how it happens, it just creates confusion and distrust. For example, last night or recently, I felt very invalidated when someone was relating to my situation, not by something they've been through themselves, but through someone else. They know someone very close to them, a family member, and they said, well, this family member just decided one day to wake up and be happy. So if they did it and they had it a lot worse than you, then you just have to choose to let it go because they had it worse than you and they moved on at 25 years old. And this really upset me because one, everyone's healing path is different. Two, don't tell me how I should be healing on your watch because you've observed or heard someone else do it. And three, I'm starting to realize that my childhood had a lot more skeletons in the closet than I've been open to seeing in the last 27 years. A lot of memories, traumatic memories of sexual abuse are coming to the surface through my work in EMDR. And it sucks to realize that 27 years later that you have repressed these memories. So don't compare someone else's trauma to yours, A, which I've done this. I have done this to myself, to other people. I'm working on it, but it just felt shitty and it felt invalidating. And why does this happen? Well, happens when you express your experience or talk about your feelings and people will often invalidate you because they are unable to process or hold or make space for your emotions. They could feel uncomfortable. They might not understand. And they might be preoccupied with their own problems and how not to respond in the moment. So invalidation can be used also as an argument strategy. It gives the appearance of support, supporting the way you feel, but at the same time, distancing or avoiding taking responsibility for their role in those emotions. And this could look like if we're talking gaslighting, blaming, name-calling, problem-solving, mansplaining. I can relate to this very much the last few months, being mansplained, (laughs) before understanding the other person's experience or playing down someone's experience, thinking you have all the answers, is also invalidating. Sometimes you just want someone to listen and sit with your pain and say, I don't know the right answer, but 
I will try my best to support you. Let me know what I can do to be there for you. Help me to understand. And statements that would be invalidating could include, it could be worse, you're too sensitive, you're overreacting, you shouldn't feel this way. I know how you feel. Just let it go. You take everything so personally. They make it about them. You make a big deal out of everything. I don't see the issue here. You shouldn't be so X, Y, and Z. How do you think that makes me feel? I don't want to have this conversation. That didn't happen. Stop making things up. And so on and so on. And And the consequences of this is if you've experienced this over your lifetime, which I have for a long time, the large majority of my life, it can lead to you having problems managing your emotions. It leads to confusion, self-doubt, and distrust in your own emotions. It communicates that your inner thoughts and feelings are wrong and you can kind of gaslight yourself and question your own reality, your own truth. And with repeated exposure, you might begin to distrust the validity of your own experiences. So when someone asks me, how do you feel about me? I really, on some level, I know, on a subconscious level I know, but in a logical, analytical way, I, it's very hard for me to validate myself. That's why I'm so indecisive, I think. You can also have issues with your identity. People who feel their emotions are invalidated often hide their emotions and develop low self-esteem. You don't know who the fuck you are. And this obviously, mental health podcast, can lead to psychiatric issues. Emotional invalidation can contribute to someone developing depression, anxiety. And if you already have a mental health condition, it could make your symptoms worse. And while emotional invalidation can happen at any point in your life, it's more chronic and longer lasting and sustaining if it happened in childhood. And it can have long lasting effects that last into adulthood. And this is particularly true for individuals that experience emotions more intensely than others. And I wanted to tie this to BPD really quick, borderline personality disorder, because there is some thought that continuous emotional validation might contribute to the development of borderline. And I've been diagnosed with borderline personality and I've done some episodes on this, but this is a condition associated with instability and emotions, relationships, and self-image. And people who are affected by BPD often have impulsiveness, rapidly changing emotions, problem with self-image or sense of self, chronic feelings of emptiness, and difficulty managing emotions. And BPD develops when a person that experiences emotions more intensely is exposed to particularly dysfunctional environments. And one such such dysfunctional environment is an invalidating one. I've read research and seen that children who have a tendency to be more emotionally sensitive, I am super sensitive, even to this day, have a higher chance of developing BPD if they're exposed to emotional validation in childhood. And as a child, 
you begin to learn and understand how the world works, right? These lessons shape the way we view the world, how we behave, the way we react in our thoughts and our feelings. So children who are more sensitive might react more strongly to certain situations or events than other children. If a kid grows up in a hostile environment, they may not learn how to handle stress or manage their emotions. And instead, they might learn how to distrust their emotional responses and hide their feelings. And not to mention that emotional invalidation in childhood also contributes to eating disorders and self-harm. So there's really no benefit to it. And if you take two individuals who grew up in completely different environments, one who grew up in a mostly stable, loving, affirming environment versus my childhood, which I experienced a lot of death, a lot of grief, a lot of loss early on, a lot of verbal and physical abuse and other types of sexual violation, you can clearly see that they have completely different ways of relating to their surroundings, completely different levels of how they feel safe in the world and how, I don't know, optimistic perhaps. And this isn't to say that someone that experienced the latter has no chance of ever being happy, but it will be probably more challenging and you might experience some more battles than the former, right? So just knowing this and having this knowledge can give us the wisdom to make better choices in how we respond to people who have experienced such adversity. So validation tells someone their emotions are respected. It's confirming. It makes space for another person's emotions to exist. And through validation, we can validate, for lack of better words, that others have their own experiences, that those experiences are real and important and valued. So how do we practice emotional validation? Because... I'm doing this myself. When I get into panic mode, when I get triggered, I can kind of become defensive if I'm being honest. (laughs) So I need to practice this as much as anyone else. The first step is to listen. Fully tune into the conversation and put distractions aside. Give your attention to the speaker. This is just basic um, skills, right? And it can also be helpful to get acquainted with words that are affirming and gentle and make room for all emotions during the conversation. Avoid becoming defensive. Do not offer unsolicited advice. That's huge. Accept responsibility for the emotion when appropriate. So instead of saying it could have been worse, say, I'm so sorry that that happened. Instead of saying that doesn't sound so bad, Consider saying that must have been really hard. Instead of saying you'll get over it, say, I care about you. What can I do to help? Instead of hearing last night, what's the big deal? You're overreacting. I would have preferred to hear, I'm here for you. That sounds frustrating. I can see you're really upset. This must be so painful. And... All conversations need to be mutual. They need to be, I don't want to say equal. It doesn't always have to be 50-50, but be receptive. 
Don't just talk at someone, right? And navigating relationships is very far from straightforward, but being more aware of the language you use in conversations can make a real difference. So learning to recognize and validating behaviors and statements can help us to develop a healthier relationship with ourselves and with others. And I'm working on this too, not minimizing or ignoring other people's feelings. And know that we could also do this to ourselves, right? We can dismiss, ignore, or reject our own thoughts, our own feelings and behaviors. We can tell ourselves that our feelings don't matter or they're inappropriate. So we can emotionally invalidate ourselves. We can manipulate ourselves. But all in all, we have to keep in mind that emotional reactions to events are never correct or incorrect. And there's no reason to condemn or ignore or reject your own emotions, even if other people have done that to you. We need to open ourselves up to more empathy and compassion. And this means to be willing to sympathize and listen and be present with ourselves. We have to learn to connect emotionally to ourselves. So just keep this in mind. I don't know if this is kind of a note to self, honestly, this entire episode. Um, But I think all in all, to summarize, we just have to have more patience and understanding with others and with ourselves. And I think this is a learned art. I don't think this happens naturally (laughs) all the time. So let me know your thoughts. Um, Let me know what you want to hear moving forward. I'm trying to have some guests on to have some constructive conversations around these things for y'all. And we'll get through it together. And I'm right there with you. And I thank you so much for listening and just gaining the insight and the awareness is the first step. And then we will learn to apply this stuff. I will learn to apply this stuff. (laughs) At least I speak for myself. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or resonated with it, feel free to like, rate, subscribe, and share. I will talk to you in the next episode. All my love.